Welcome to the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we're taking a look at the Pat Bev for THT and Stanley Johnson trade. The Lakers get Pat Bev, the Jazz uh, flip Pat Bev after just acquiring him in the Rudy Gobert trade, and then they're going to get THT and Stanley Johnson back from the Lakers. Uh, it just occurred to me that we have not covered trades a whole lot on this podcast, and I think that's moving forward something we're going to be doing. Um, I decided to <laughs> to start with the most middling trade of all time uh, for instant analysis, but this is going to be like kind of a shorty, just breaking down the trade, because I saw things ranging from hot takes online to just, I would, I would call it misinformation <laughs> about these players. Both uh, Pat Bev and Stanley, or sorry, Pat Bev and THT, people have not really been talking about Stanley Johnson that much. Uh, but I'm just going to dig into the data and kind of tell you from a more objective standpoint what these teams are getting. So we'll start with Pat Bev. He's going to the Lakers. He's going to be 34, so he is getting a little bit older. Uh, offensively, he's been a primary ball handler most of his career. On defense, he's been a point of attack defender, so he's someone that you're going to see on ball a lot defensively. Uh, last year was a little bit of a down year for him defensively. Um, he has been pretty elite um, for guards, for point of attack defenders, uh, but he had a B in D LeBron, which is still good for a guard. Um, he did have a B in on ball defense and a B in ball screen navigation. So ball screen na navigation is basically how well you handle pick and roll, right? So you just kind of Bs across the board, uh, which is pretty good, honestly. Uh, if you go back, you look at the three years before that, he's been an A in all three of those. So A and D LeBron, A and on ball, A and ball screen navigation, which is kind of like out of this world. Um, he has really strong D LeBron numbers in the playoffs, which uh, the way we do that is because the sample sizes are smaller. It's a three year um, sample that we take. And he's had honestly one of the best D LeBrons uh, in the playoffs, which is something you always want to see out of a player. Um, but basically what I'm getting at here in a roundabout way is he has been a pretty high end, you could call elite perimeter defender, for the last, for a number of years, he's actually had an A or a B in uh, our on, so on ball uh, is your your ability to defend in isolation, and then ball screens and pick and roll. So if you combine those two, like that's your majority of what you're doing on the perimeter. He's had an A in those every year going back to 2014, uh, and then this year they were they were Bs, which is still not bad. Uh, but uh, defensively, he still is a very good player. Um, so the Lakers. Uh, upgraded their perimeter defense and then let's look at what he brings to the table offensively uh last year was one of his best offensive seasons he had an a grade in o lebron which is overall offensive impact he was 94th percentile in playmaking which was by far the best of his career um i thought that was actually pretty interesting he's not really known as a passer so that's something that i don't think he's gonna have a ton of on-ball creation responsibilities on the Lakers because of, you know, you have LeBron, you have AD, also Kendrick Nunn's there. Uh, but that's something that's it's always nice to have extra creation in a lineup. Uh, the main thing he's going to be doing is shooting threes. So last year was a little bit down year. If you just look at the raw percentages, he is a career 38% three-point shooter. And last year he was uh, shooting about 34%. So uh, that's not great, but I'm going to explain more <laughs> that's kind of give, going to give that more context, right? So he's someone that has always had really good shot quality. He's back to his Houston days um, when he was on the Clippers. He was someone that was left open to shoot threes, right? 
he was like really high end, like 99th percentile in shot quality. The last two years, that's been down some. Last year, it was the lowest uh, in our database. He was 84th percentile, still pretty good, but not nearly what it was. And then we saw that three point percentage come down. So the other side of this equation is one of its shot quality. And the other, we have a catch and shoot shot making metric, which just basically says on catch and shoots, how well does this person perform relative to their shot quality? And he has been remarkably consistent in this stat, right? So he's been in the 80s percentile wise. So pretty good in catch and shoot, not, not super elite, but pretty good for the last four years. And it's ticked down. Um, the last two years as that shot quality has gone down. But basically what this means is he is a consistent catch and shoot shooter. He is consistently providing pretty good impact on that shot quality, right? Because that's what the shot making grade means. And he put this all together. Like it means you're getting a three and D player, right? He's a good on ball defender. Um, he does well in our overall metric as well, broken down into, like I said, the on ball and the ball screen navigation. And then offensively, he had a really good playmaking season last year. Um, that's fluctuated in the past, but uh, the more important side of it is the three point shooting. And basically, as his shot quality has gone, uh, his results have gone. And I think going to a team with LeBron, I think we can, I think it's safe to assume the shot quality is probably going to be up again. And uh, his three-point percentage is probably going to be somewhere around his career average, around 38%. Hopefully, it's a little bit higher. <laughs> I am a Laker fan. Uh, but overall, I think this is a good ad for the Lakers. This is a classic 3 and D player. Uh, they fit on any team. <laughs> and uh, I think Pat Bev upgrades the Lakers. I think they still need to make another trade. I think they need to make that Pacers trade happen with uh, Russell Westbrook if possible. Uh, but let's flip over to the other side. Let's see what Utah is getting in return. So Horton Tucker is 22 years old. THT has always been kind of your classic offensive slasher. Uh, and that was not great because last year he played through an injury and a slasher with an ankle injury. It's, it's not going to do a whole lot. He doesn't shoot well, uh, but he does get to the rim. He had an A uh, in rim shot creation last year. However, it wasn't so great once he got there. He had an F in rim shot making. And again, for a slasher, you know, some of it was injury. Some of it, he, he just honestly wasn't playing very well. Um, and, and that's really going to hurt your effectiveness. Two years ago in 2021, he was 98th percentile in rim shot creation, which is honestly pretty wild. So I think if you're the Jazz, you're interested in that one thing alone. I feel like we've been talking about rim shot creation a ton on the podcast lately, and rightly so. It's super important. It's kind of the basis of like how most offenses function because off that, like it creates so much. Um, he made a jump in playmaking from 2021 to 2022. He was, again, he's been in the 80s both years, uh, but definitely was trending the right way. He, you're not going to get a lot of volume from him, but the quality is pretty good when he does make passes. The passing versatility um, is quite good, too. Uh, I think part of that is, so THT, I think it's like 6'2 or 6'3, and he has like a over seven foot wingspan. I feel like that's the nugget you hear a lot with him. And it's one of those things when you watch him play, like it's 
pretty evident. <laughs> uh, he utilizes the wingspan pretty well. On defense, um, he's been an above average guard in D-LeBron the last two seasons, uh, which is pretty good. There's definitely some impressive flashes on ball. He had an A in our pickpocket rating, which is your uh, ability to create steals on ball. Uh, and he also had an A in the off-ball chaser uh, grade that we have, which is basically what you're like running around chasing guys like Steph. Uh, and the wingspan there is is pretty is pretty obvious when you're watching where it's like this, like you think of Kawhi Leonard, like one of the reasons he's so good is he has a long wingspan and giant hands and he can just get in there and rip balls away. Uh, THT, I don't know how good he's ever going to be on defense because sometimes he does get a little bit confused. It, it seems like I'm not exactly sure what to to make of it. But he has been a, a pretty solid defender. I like him on ball and uh, the metrics back up uh, what he's doing. 2022 was just a nightmare for him because there was the injury. And then there also was like it was just the worst fit possible. Bringing in Russell Westbrook, who had a really similar skill set, but is like going to create a lot more offense from a playmaking standpoint kind of made him not super useful he's not great off ball because again he can't shoot he can cut a little bit but it just he's someone that's going to be an on-ball player so i think him going to a rebuilding team is ideal for him to kind of work out his game because again he's only 22 years old he's a really young player um if this was baseball we would probably call him a really toolsy player right the wingspans there um the ability to get to the rim is there like he's a pretty good athlete on defense there's certain times where like you do say wow um and then there's other times where like you, you don't quite know what's going on but i feel like going to utah um is good for him hopefully mitchell gets traded and he'll have more opportunities uh and then lastly stanley johnson got thrown into the trade stanley the manly, uh, really versatile forward who is super strong for his size. I'd say the thing he's probably the best at is when he gets switched on to bigs, uh, that he's so strong. He doesn't really give up ground. You never, I mean, post-ups don't happen a whole lot anymore, but like you don't seem to get like sealed a lot or, or posted up. Uh, rebounding, I feel like he contributes to team rebounding really well. Really physical, really strong. I feel like I've seen him you know, box out pretty solidly. Uh, he's pretty much a non-factor on offense, though. This is why Stanley Johnson was a free agent in the middle of last year. He's not a bad finisher. He has pretty decent rim shot making. He just can't get there on his own. Uh, and he has noticeable effort. So uh, he's kind of a guy you root for. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much the trade. I think the Lakers got uh, a 3 and D player in Pat Bev, which they're trying to become a contender. Those are players you want. He is a little bit older, but I think like in the short term, I don't think it'll be a huge issue. Um, and the Jazz get Stanley Johnson, who is kind of just throwing. And then they get THT, who's a, a young slasher that I think could develop into like a pretty good player. Like I said, he had a pretty down year last offseason or last season. Um, so people have been down on him this offseason quite a bit. But uh, I think these are solid kind of just under the radar moves that you make as a GM. And if you hit on him in a couple of years and he becomes, he's not the same player as Jordan Clarkson, but you know what I mean? Like a, a player that provides some offensive pop off the bench. I think that's something that can uh, provide some value. All right. Well, uh, that's going to wrap up this trade and uh, we'll see you on the next episode of the basketball index podcast.